Chapter 19 So you found nothing? Geddon said, perching on his throne, listening. Nothing to do with the child kidnappings, Jenner said. What did you find? Geddon asked. Just records of their money and their various accounts and some spare coin, and that is it, really, Christian said. So they didn't have any records of anything questionable. No sold children, no meeting locations. Nothing that would connect them to anything dealing with these kidnappings? We can check again if you think there is something to it, Christian said. Mal and I can probably get back in without too much effort. No, no, I believe you. I just wanted to be sure you were sure, Geddon said, standing up and taking the steps down to where they were seated. Linus was taking notes of the meeting, while Erica was entertaining Mina, who seemed to be a permanent fixture whenever they arrived. Mina had become quite taken with Erica, and Erica found it hard not to feel the same. I have one other person you can try for now, until I'm able to find out more, Geddon said, motioning to Linus. The old man took out a crumbled note, unfolding it and handing it to Geddon. Poor Emerald Gaunt, a resident of KLT Asylum in the Commons. He's serving time for murder, but he had a fair number of connections throughout the city, Geddon explained, handing the note to Jenner. But if he's locked up, what do you need us for? You can have Skeltis or whoever go at him pretty hard as it is, Jenner asked. Skeltis is the man who arrested him. He won't talk to him. He's in an asylum. How crazy is he? Jenner asked. Not sure, really. He's in the asylum because he was killing inmates in prison. Oh, so a, a real family man, Jenner joked. I'm not suggesting you bring everyone, Geddon said, making a motion to encompass Christian and Erica. Jenner shrugged, looking down at the note that gave the location and the name of the prisoner. How will I get to see him? Jenner asked. Just tell them you're there to see him. I don't think he gets many visitors. Geddon said. Guess we have our work cut out for us, Jenner said, giving Geddon a weak smile and then moving to get up. Well, maybe things will improve in the next couple days, Geddon said as he watched them prepare to go. Why do you say that? Christian asked. I have it on good authority that Roland Cross is coming to the city. He's as good at rooting out a problem as any man. Perhaps he can help, Geddon offered. I don't know that Roland will go along with the way we've been approaching the situation, Jenner countered. I am still king. I think I'll be able to get the desired results from Roland. Yes, Geddon finished. Christian looked to Jenner, who shrugged, looking annoyed. Mal seemed pleased with the prospects. All right, playtime's over, Jenner chided, looking to Erica, who got up and gave Mina a hug goodbye. 
Christian walked over to the table by the exit and picked up his crossbow and Erica's rapier. Mal gave Linus a polite bow before leaving the table, which he returned in kind. Mina followed them out into the hall. Did you hear all that? I knew it. They have nothing on me, Geddon said, pacing back to his throne, walking past it. See to it that they're both dead by morning. Burn it to the ground. I would not want our criminals changing their style, Geddon commanded. Miserable, arrogant peasants blackmailing me, will you? Geddon uttered as he left the room, slipping into the secret passage behind the throne. Linus stood up, shifting into Colette's lithe form and going over the notes from the evening. Then she walked over to the door and locked it, before returning to the table and taking a seat, reading over all of the notes Christian had made about the inside of the Bedeen's estate. What's a crazy person? I mean, are they, like, crazy when my mom calls dad crazy, or, like, crazy when you talk about the price of goods crazy? Mina asked Erica as they left the throne room. I think he means crazy, like not right in the head, Erica ventured. Crazy like I kill people just to watch them die, and it amuses me afterward. I think is what we're going for, Jenner said. He sounds like a bad man, Mina told Erica. Erica nodded. Mina said goodbye to them again at the gate to the castle, leaving when her mother came to fetch her. So, are we going to hear any complaints from you if Roland lends his help? Mal, Mal said, giving Jenner a stern look with her gaze. While we may not see eye to eye on a great many things, I will agree that our efforts have not paid off as much as I would have hoped, Jenner admitted as they walked. If Roland Cross is the person we need to find Annika's kidnappers and the people responsible for the fires, then so be it. I think that's the most sensible thing I've heard you say, Mal said, grinning. I will humor that statement only because you've known me for such a short time, Jenner said. They made it back to the house a little before sunset, relaxing for the rest of the day. Jenner and Mal would head to the asylum tomorrow, and Christian and Eric would stay at the house in case the king tried to contact them with any updates. Jenner, if I ever go mad in my old age, please do me the favor of sending my soul to the beyond, Mal said as they walked through the halls of KLT Asylum. Men and women were dressed in tattered cloth adornments. They wandered about, drool dripping from the corners of their mouths. Some had small cages strapped across their mouths to keep them from biting others. Inmates were able to pass food through them to feed themselves. Some people were treated no better than wild animals, bound in cages and gnawing at their chains. Only if you promise to do the same for me, Jenner responded, mustering up as much mirth as he could. Agreed, Mal muttered. A guard escorted them to the third floor of the asylum, 
where the worst cases were kept. The residents had private rooms, but their screams and roars could be heard throughout the floor. Why not just end their suffering? Jenner asked a guard at one point. The man only shrugged, a haggard look on his face showing the toil the place had taken on his own spirit. I gotta ask, what do you want to see old Pummel for? The high-ups were mighty interested that what kind of person would pay him a visit, the guard asked after a moment, pausing in front of a steel-reinforced door. Just an investigation. Poor might have witnessed a crime, and we're just following up, Jenner said. Best luck to you, sirs, the man said, unlocking the door's three hanging chains. The watch questioned the man before they locked him up in here. It didn't do any good. The man killed three convicts and two watchmen in the process. Is it safe to go in there? Jenner said, giving pause for the first time. Well, he's chained to the chair, and the chair is welded to the floor, but I'd still give him a good ten feet or so. He can get pretty tightly wound if you rile him up. He bit the throat out of one guard that was feeding him. But we ain't had that problem in a while, the guard said, swinging the door open. Ah, lucky us, Jenner said to Mao as they walked in. I'll just lock one of the locks back up and keep an eye on the both of you through the glass, the guard said as he swung the door closed behind him. Well, I feel safer. Don't you feel safer? Jenner said, turning to Mal. You're embarrassing yourself, Jenner. Take a breath, Mal said, walking forward. The room was dark save for beams of light from a small window with three thick bars on the left wall. The room reeked of feces, and from the look of the inmate, they could see why. The man was chained in place, his body slumped over on the chair. His pants had brown and yellow stains, and it was obvious they did not let him get up to use the facilities. His hair was a tangled mess that hung over his face. He looked asleep, but they could hear a quiet muttering as they approached. His head rose when they were maybe fifteen feet. Is it you? Come to finish me, monster. I saw you, you twisted roost. You cannot command me. I know you. I know you, monster. Have you come for me? You have. Answer me, monster. Porumral sat, shaking his head his hair falling to the sides of his face, fixing Mao and Jenner with small, beady eyes. You are not, eh, monster? Who are you? You're his agents, come to finish me. Too strong for you I am, monster. Monster! Monster! Show yourself, monster, that I may rip your body from its roost. Jenner looked to Mao, who studied the man for a moment. He continued ranting for another two or three minutes, before he seemed quiet. "'Are you quite finished?' Mao asked after silence filled the room. "'Ha-ha!' <laughs> grunned, throwing his head back. "'More doctors now, is it? You talk like a doctor. You want to know about the monster? Well, you can't. Only I see him. 
only Perumru. It's my monster. Mine. I must kill it. My monster. Can you tell me about this monster? Mao asked. I can, but you cannot understand the monster. See, you cannot see it. Only I, only Perumril can see the monster. My monster. Uh, does your monster take children, Perumril? Jenner posed, watching the man shake in his chair. Souls! Souls! It feasts with its arms and its teeth and its claws and its maw. It's the devourer of souls. Children, men, women, all who oppose it. It tried to feed on me, but I saw it. It crept like a cat in the night, but the monster could not hide from me. Oh no, not me. Saw it laid bare to the world. Then it came for me. It came for me, but I ran. I hid and I lived. And then it sent the minions. They came for me. You cannot hold me, monster. I can see you. Perumral's body seemed to shake with spasms before he shuddered, leaning his head back, letting it hang in the air. What do you make of it? Anything? Jenner said, looking to Mal. Perhaps it's a monster that's stealing children? Some ogre or giant? <laughs> An ogre or giant. Ogre or giants cannot hide. The monster could devour a giant without flexing a finger. You talk of mortals, but I talk of monsters. You cannot stop the monster. He who walks in the minds of madmen and majesties. Do not think you can comprehend that which poor Royal comprehends. You cannot. Do not try. You cannot succeed where poor Royal failed. You cannot grasp the concepts from which poor Royal has seen. How do we fight the monster, poor Jenner asked. If we catch your monster, what can you tell us? Perumral let out an unnerving cackle that made Mao and Jenner cover their ears from the pain. <laughs> Foolish mortals! You cannot kill the monster. You can only survive. Run, mortals. Run! This is pointless, Jenner said to Mao. He knows nothing. Anything of value is locked so far away in that head of his... We may never see it. Mao reached into her pockets, pulling out a biscuit. She tossed it to Promeral, who snatched it out of the air as if as it came close to him, causing both Jenner and Mao to jump. He consumed it, tearing into it so fast Jenner doubted the man knew what was in his hands. I, uh, I don't think you're going to win him over through his stomach, Jenner said watching the man devour the tidbit. Patience, Jenner. Patience. They stood watching Perumral, the biscuit long since gone. 
After a while, he began to sway in his chair, his head slumping as if falling asleep, before he caught himself. He looked around the room as if in a daze, blinking his eyes. Tell me about the monster, Poramrul. What did you see? Mal asked, her voice low and calm. It killed them, consumed them, devoured their souls. Who, Promeril, who did the monster kill? Mal asked. The, the men, they came in blind to the monster and it ate them. Why did the men go to the monster? They talked to its plaything, its puppets. They gave it a child and it ate them for their trouble. Consumed them like a fine steak. Tell me about the child, Peromrul. What of the child? The, the monster reared to feast, but the plaything had its way. I, I saw it, the monster. It thrashed and beat its claws upon the earth, but it did not eat the child. It heralded it away to the roost, it did. And that's when it saw Perumrul. It smiled, and the plaything cooed, and spoke sweetly to me. But I saw the monster gnashing its teeth and claws. So foolish the puppet was talking to me, but I saw the monster. And attacked. And here I stand, surviving. Here I sit testament to my deed. I fought the monster, though it slipped back to its lair, the plaything leached away by the beast. What puppet? What is this plaything you... I survived! Do you not hear me? Me, Poramrul! I survived where others died. Can you say the same? Have you seen the monster? What does the monster look like? Jenner asked. You have not, of course. You're mortals. You cannot see the beast. Only me. Only Brumru. Mal let out a sigh. I think that's all we're going to get, Mal said after a moment. Brumrul continued to rant on about the monster. What was in that biscuit? Jenner asked. Just something to loosen the tongue of the consumer a little bit, she said. What, alcohol? Jenner quipped. Sometimes I'm amazed you can walk and talk at the same time, Mal said. I'm a woman of science. Alcohol? Psh! Come, let us be off. Jenner smiled and waved at the guard through the door, and as quick as they entered they found themselves breathing the fresh air of Bothwell before too long. I hate to admit it, but I'm looking forward to seeing Roland at this point. Ego be damned. Your ego or his? Mal asked. Can't it be both? Jenna replied without missing a beat. When the two of them returned, Christian and Erica were waiting for them as they entered the door. Something happened last night. Christian said, looking worried. What happened? 
Did the king send someone over? Jenner asked. No, I ran down the road to get some food for lunch, and I heard the owner talking to some customers. The Badin place burned to the ground last night, with them in it. They also mentioned that mysterious fires have been occurring with an increasing prevalence. Really? A shopkeep around here used the phrase, increasing prevalence, Jenner said, managing a smirk. Jenner, I'm serious. Fires broke out at every place you've investigated. Did the dance hall burn down? He asked, sounding concerned. Not that I know of, Christian said. But still, do you not think it's strange? I do, Jenner said. Thank you, Christian. Something strange is going on. I think Roland's aid will help us put an end to this. Did the crazy man have anything to say? Erica asked. He had much to say, but as to what we should listen to is anyone's guess, Jenner said. He spoke of a monster, some horror, some creature that he caught killing men, taking some child, and then it attacked him, Mao explained. Did he see the child? Was it Annika? Erica asked, her voice filled with concern. I do not know, Erica. He didn't say if it was a boy or a girl. His account was fraught with stress and discomfort. Whatever he saw traumatized him greatly and taxed his senses, Mal finished. If we are looking for a monster, then, what kind, like a, a troll or a dark fae? Christian asked. Well, Horonrol made it sound like people couldn't see the monster. He mentioned a, a puppet or a plaything. It makes me think the monster is parading around as something else, Mal said. The assassin, Erica exclaimed. It has to be. She can parade as other things, and she looks like a monster. But we killed it back on the road to the hold, Christian said. Uh, we don't know that for sure, Jenner added. I saw sword wounds knit themselves up and close before my eyes. While I'd like to think blowing her head off with your crossbow ended her life, we don't have a body to confirm it. We should send word back to Calment. Have Gregory check the woods nearby. Find out if a corpse was found, Christian said. I think the boy's on to something. It would be nice if we could start ruling out suspects, Mal said. I should let them know what's been going on anyway, Jenner said. I'm sure Madeline and Hornulu have been keeping things moving along with the day-to-day -day needs. But that's about it. I don't even know what's been done about Fatima. Rachel, Jamie, Melanie, they must be worried sick. First thing after we talk to the king, I'll have him send word to Calment. Well, this is disappointing, Geddon said, reclining on his throne listening to the reports Jenner had for him. Christian was writing down the reports into the log where they had been keeping them, with Linus making mention of anything he felt Christian should add. Mina was tugging on Erica's shirt sleeve to play, but Erica's mind was on the discussion. Some of what the man said seemed to be gibberish, but there was coherency to some of it. It's hard to know what to believe, Jenner said. 
So you don't think the man was faking it? Some elaborate ruse? Geddon asked. Oh no, he seemed quite mad. Mao used some sort of sorcery to bewitch his senses. And he still proved to be just as chaotic, Jenner clarified. Most unfortunate. It seems he did not yield the information I had heard rumored. He did speak of a monster. Some creature that parades itself as others. We thought it might be the assassin we ran into that fled Calment, Christian added, looking up from his notes. We should also look into these mysterious fires, Jenner added. I will make it Roland's first priority, Geddon said. So you've seen him since he's gotten back? Jenner asked. Oh, yes, he's waiting outside, in fact. Once we're done here, I think it best if you go and meet with him, Geddon said, smiling. Well, if anyone can help end this, it's Roland, Jenner admitted. Those are exactly my hopes as well, Jenner. I assure you, Geddon added. You should hurry to see Roland, yes. I think we all have what we need here. Mao and Christian rose from the table, Christian offering Geddon a slight bow as the rest of them walked off toward the exit, Mina trailing after, alongside Erica. Christian grabbed the door behind him as they left, but such was his enthusiasm to see Roland, he forgot to close it all the way. Geddon left through his exit behind the throne. Linus stood, shifting into her native form, and walked around the table to review Christian's new notes for the day. They said their goodbyes to Mina at the door this time, as she turned and went off to find her mother. The four of them left the hallway and rounded the corner to the entrance. I wonder if Roland found anything out in Calment, if he ever made it there, Mal said to them as they walked. Wait a minute, I forgot my crossbow. Christian said as they neared the gates to the courtyard. Wait for me, I don't want to miss what Roland has to say, he said, turning and heading back toward the throne room. I can't believe I forgot my crossbow, he thought to himself as he hurried back, colliding with Mina as he rounded one of the corners. Oh, I'm sorry, Mina, Christian said, apologizing. What's wrong? Did you forget something? Mina asked. Yeah, my crossbow. I, I left it on the table in the throne room. Just want to get it before we left, Christian said. Oh, wait, Mina said, excited. I'll get it, I'll get it, please. Um, it's not really a problem, Christian said. Please? Uh, I'll, all right, I'll, I'll wait here, Christian said, remembering what happened the last time he argued with a servant over letting him do something himself. I'll be right back, she said smiling and taking off down the hall towards the throne. Colette picked up the book and started to carry it toward the secret passage when she noticed the door to the throne room was cracked open. She walked over to shut it when Mina came running in. The little girl made two steps to the table before she turned to look at Colette. Who are you? Mina said, looking nervous. Colette set the book down and began shifting, her hair becoming shorter, 
her figure more full and shorter, as she walked towards Mina. Mother? Mina said, confused, watching the woman approach her. Colette knelt down in front of Mina and ran a hand through her hair. I'm sorry you had to see that, my darling Mina, Colette said. You're, you're not my mother, Mina said, trembling, taking a step back. I'm sorry to say you are correct, Colette replied, taking her hand from Mina's head and pointing a finger at the girl's forehead. Crit! Mina started to say, but her reply was cut off as Colette's finger extended lightning quick, growing to a point and piercing Mina's forehead. The finger exited the back of Mina's skull, making a slight chip in the wall where the tip hit stone. Tragic, Colette whispered, shifting back, watching Mina's body twitch and spasm like a rag doll on a string. She retracted her finger, and Mina's corpse collapsed to the ground. She stood up and walked over to the table, picking up Christian's crossbow. She then picked Mina's body up by the neck and took aim, firing a bolt into the child's head where her finger had pierced her. She tossed the corpse behind the door, then walked over and knocked the books off the table, scattering them on the floor. She dropped the crossbow on the pile of books and then shifted back to the form of Linus. She left through the back exit to find Michelle. She had to let her know her daughter was waiting for her in the throne room. <sighs> What's taking so long? Christian thought, pacing around in the hallway. He went to check on her when he realized he was holding everything up. Huh, that's odd, he thought, seeing the door open. He thought it was even stranger when he saw the pile of books on the floor, his crossbow sitting atop them. He walked over to the pile and picked his crossbow up and checking to make sure it was all right. He turned to leave when he saw Mina's body slumped over against the wall. So jolted was he that he panicked and squeezed the trigger on his crossbow the bolt hitting the floor and skidding across the stones, ricocheting off the far wall and coming to a stop on the floor. Mina? Mina! Christian said, running over to her body. He knelt down to check her when he saw a crossbow bolt sticking out of her forehead. His crossbow bolt. He started to back away, tripping over his own feet, then scooting back across the floor. His mind blurred, running through the list of things he should be doing right now. Run, check for clues, get the others, get out, grab the crossbow bolts, flee. He ran. He had to find Jenner and the others. He ran out of the door, down the hall. Christian, have you... S Michelle let her voice trail off as she realized Christian was in a hurry, watching him run down the hall. Must really want to meet that Roland fellow, she said, turning to enter the throne room. Christian could see Jenner and the others at the end of the hallway when he heard the scream. The others heard it, too, as they turned in the direction it came from. "'Christian, what's wrong?' Mal said, seeing the distress on the boy's face. "'I don't know what happened. I went to get my crossbow, and the door was open, and the records were all over the floor, and my crossbow was sitting on them, and I went to pick it up, and I turned, and Mina was dead.' <sighs> "'What?' 
Jenner said. Erica's face froze. Mina was dead, and I went to look at her, and she had a crossbow bolt for my crossbow sticking out of her forehead, and I panicked, so I ran here, and Michelle walking toward the throne room when I left, and... and... Christian's voice gave out as he collapsed, his breathing irregular. They heard the door to the courtyard click open. They turned to see Roland and a dozen of the king's guard behind him. Roland, we're going to need your help, Jenner said, his voice serious. You're beyond my help, Jenner, Roland replied, grim-faced. What, what? What are you talking about? We're here. You're here to help us, aren't you? Jenner asked, though in his heart he already knew what was going on. Help you? Jenner, I'm here to arrest you. All of you, Roland replied. Arrest us? For what? Mal said. Arson. Destruction of city property, breaking and entering, murder of Paul and Deborah Badin. Roland rattled off, his right arm resting on the hilt of his sword. I suggest you turn yourselves over peacefully. You can't be serious, Jenner said, shaking his head in disbelief. Jenner moved his hand to his own weapon, but he felt a hand already there. He turned and saw Mal's hand on his own, shaking her head. Not here, not like this, she said. Why, why did you do this? Why, what did, what did she ever do to you? The cries came from the other end of the hall. Michelle was walking, cradling Mina's body in her hands, weeping. Michelle, you don't understand. It, it, it wasn't us, Christian whimpered, his voice a whisper to Michelle's pleas. Guards rushed past them to go to Michelle, holding her steady as she wept. They eased her to the ground as her legs gave out and she wept on the floor, holding Mina's still body to her chest. Jenner looked from Michelle to Roland, then to those standing around him. I dare say I hope you know what you're doing. Our lives are in your hands, Jenner said as he unhooked his rapier, handing it over. To Roland. Hello, and thank you for listening to the World of Grey podcast. For any questions about the podcast or the books in general, email me at podcast at josephporthos.com. My two books, Fallen Throne and Dark Halo, are available for download on the Amazon Kindle store for the low price of $3 a piece. I don't output a ton of updates, but when I do release one, you can find it on Facebook at Joseph Porthos or on my website, located at josephporthos.com. I hope you enjoyed today's chapter, and I look forward to you tuning in again next time. This is Joseph Porthos, signing off.